I don't know if that was Mr. Thomas's cue for me. <laughs> well, good morning. Some more of y'all rolled in. We got started this morning. I thought, I'm going to have to make everybody move to the first two rows over here. And then I'm going to just come stand right here. And I may not even need a microphone. I probably don't ever really need a microphone, to be honest. But <laughs> listen, it's good to be here with you this morning. To me, it's always a privilege to preach in big church. I don't know if there's ever a point when it won't be big church. When you're a youth pastor, it, this is always big church. I don't ever feel like I graduated up to big church, really. Um, but it's always a privilege to get to speak to you. I always say, especially on a Sunday when our pastor is here, because that means he trusted me enough to let me preach in his pulpit, and so that is always an honor. This morning, we're going to get straight started and go into the Word, looking in first at Matthew chapter 4, verses 16 and 17. I'm going to read these verses to you, and then we're going to pray today. The people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom is near. Lord, we just thank you so much, Father, as is just timely and showing in your worship today a consistency with, with your Holy Spirit about what you want us to walk away with today. And so, Lord, this morning we just come before you humbly as we dive into your word. We ask that you speak to our hearts and to our minds today. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, I love when um, worship lines up with the word because it makes you feel like, well, hey, maybe it's going to be right. <laughs> Um, and every song that we sang about today talked about the kingdom of God, his kingdom, who is the king and the kingdom. Every single song we sang today had to do with that. And today I'm going to be talking to you about the kingdom of God. We have six core values at New Life Church. And these are values that we have that I also say serve as our filter, right? Because as a church, no matter what size your church is, there's a hundred or so options of things that you could do at any moment in time. Things that you could be a part of. We get calls all throughout the week. People want to come through. People want to speak in your church. Lots of opportunities to serve. And so every church has to kind of have a filter, a set of things that they make sure, hey, if we're going to do this, does it line up with who we are and what we focus on as a church? And just to run down through those, today I'm going to be talking about being kingdom-minded, which is our first core value, kingdom-minded, which is basically about God's ways over our ways, right? Aren't you glad that we're a part of his kingdom and not a part of the world's kingdom? Man, I really am. The other one is discipleship-driven which is why we're going to be doing one church nights. It's why we have small groups. It's why you hear Pastor Jeremy countless times challenge you during messages to be a daily devoted disciple, to be reading your Bible and praying and developing a relationship with the Lord because we want ourselves to be disciples of Jesus Christ. We are great commission focused. That's why you hear us pushing the people that we partner with. We're also going to get to hear from Greg Evans from South Africa here soon. As part of that going into the world that we as a church, we align ourselves with and we want to support. Holy Spirit filled. I heard this great quote this week. Some of you may have heard this too. It said, do I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit? Yes, I believe you have to have the Holy Spirit to go to Walmart. Right? If you've never talked in tongues, you've never stood in a long line where there's only two checkouts open at Walmart. And the lady in front of you is writing a check. I'm just saying. <laughs> 
But we believe in being Holy Spirit filled because the Holy Spirit is with us all the time. Not just on Sunday morning. The Holy Spirit is with us all the time. And I always say that Holy Spirit is that friend who holds you back and that friend who pushes you forward and knows just the right time when to do either of those things. And I know Pastor Jeremy is going to be teaching on the Holy Spirit here soon, so know that that is coming up. We're also next generation committed which is why we make a push on Wednesday nights for our next generation. It's why we invest a big chunk of our ministry and missions budget towards our New Life Kids Camp and towards our youth going to Youth America and us being able to do things is because we are next-gen committed. Now, I want to say this, too. This past week was the International Women's Day we had on March 8th. And let me tell you something. I am so beyond thankful to be a part of a church that acknowledges the gifts and talents of women and empowers and protects them. Because that's not the case everywhere. Because not only are the young women and the women in this church empowered, but they are protected. And that is a great thing to be a part of. And I want to tell you, I covet your prayers. I know Pastor Haley does for our young people. If you're thinking, I need to spend some time in prayer, but I don't know what to pray about. Pray for our kids. Because let me tell you something. There's a revival taking place. And I used to think when I was growing up that revival only happened under a tent. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Tent revivals. Y'all remember those? A revival only happened under a tent, and it was only when people were running around and all that kind of stuff. And when you had to come to church every night, which was a lot when I was a kid. And I'm so glad we don't have, like, 12-day revivals anymore. No offense. But that was, I just remember being a kid and being like, oh, no. But let me tell you what real revival is. It's when people's hearts and minds are so drawn to the Lord that they begin to have a personal revival within themselves where they are hungry for the word of God, where they are worshiping on a daily basis without a worship team. Listen, if you're having trouble worshiping, let me let you know. Our worship team, these are people who are worshiping every day. And on Sundays, they let us get to be a part of their worship. So we covet your prayers over these next generation teams because, man, they are going to change the world. Isn't that the truth? We are also stewardship guided. Pastor Jeremy talked about that last week. If you weren't here, I encourage you to go back and listen to that message because you all are faithful givers and you should know what happens with what you give. And we are stewardship minded in our church. But today we're going to talk specifically about being kingdom minded. I subtitled this today, when life hands you potholes. <clears throat> right? I'm telling you what. I don't know that the police officers could pull over a drunk driver right now because are they drunk or are they trying to avoid potholes? It could really go either way because when you are driving on certain areas of in Jackson, it's really one lane. It's the middle as you're doing like this to get around potholes, right? Listen, life hands us potholes. And what happens to your car when you hit the pothole? Man. Anybody ever hit a pothole or hit a curb, and then you get over and you're like, oh, man, okay, well, my wheels are still attached. We're good. And then you're driving, and then you, like, take your hand off the wheel for a second, and your car goes right over here, right? What happens? It gets knocked out of line. And that's not a cheap fix, right? I've had to do it several times. 
we won't talk about really why, but several times I've had to have alignments done to my car. And when you are trying to drive a car that is out of line, it is takes so much more effort, right? You've got to keep you got to keep pulling it against where it wants to go, right? And then if you don't get that alignment fixed, the tires begin to wear out on it, right? Because you're constantly pulling against it. And so you're fighting this friction that takes place. And then what happens is what turned into a pothole turns into now your car is like running into the other lane if you sneeze. And then on top of that, your tires are getting worn down and they're going to need to be replaced. And that little pothole can end up costing big money and making getting from point A to point B much more difficult. And I don't know about you, but there are a lot of potholes, right? You could practically swim in some of them, and you could sure fall off on them. And there's a lot of things that the world throws at us that when we hit it full force, it knocks us off. And we can find ourselves trying to walk through this relationship with the Lord, pulling against and pulling against and finding ourselves wearing down, our traction getting low because we're fighting after we've been knocked off. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. That sounds super awesome. Um, What are we seeking and what are the things? right? What are, what are we seeking? And what are the things? Seek first his kingdom and all the things, all these things will be given to you as well. What does that mean? What are we getting? What are we supposed to be seeking? What does it mean to seek the kingdom? We're going to talk a little bit about that today. So first and foremost, we want to talk about what is the kingdom of God? Such a big phrase. What does it mean to be the kingdom of of God. I want to go to the Old Testament really quickly. In Daniel chapter 7, we have here Daniel giving us a prophecy about what he sees in the future, about the coming king, the coming Messiah. In my vision at night, I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man. Coming with the clouds of heaven, he approached the ancient of days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All peoples, nations, and men of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. What is the kingdom of God? It is the rule and reign of our Lord in this world, and we are part of that world. It is a kingdom that cannot be destroyed. Every other kingdom that rises must submit itself either willingly or by force to the hand of the Lord. It is an unending kingdom. And I love the way that Daniel says that there. The kingdom of God, it is salvation. It is God ruling first and foremost in our hearts. But let me tell you something. When you are serving in a kingdom, you can't just serve with part of yourself, right? Because let me tell you something. that We live in a generation now where people tell you, oh, I believe in God. And let me tell you, one knee bow does not count as bowing. And you say, oh, I believe in God, but that's it. And we stop there. 
It's our hearts first, and then it's our mind, and it's our will, and it's our emotions, and it's our actions. It's when all of those things come under the authority of the kingdom of God. And it never ends because we understand that his thoughts and his ways are higher and better than ours, right? We understand these things, that there are things about the world that we will never be able to fully comprehend. My grandmother loves to tell the story about when I was with her and I wanted a Big Mac from McDonald's. And she said, well, Lindsay, I don't have any money. And I said, well, just write a check. Right? Because a check is money, right? See, in my mind, as a little child, I didn't understand the concept, right, that there had to be money in the bank for Grandma to write the check, right? I couldn't understand that. Her ways, as a person who was older than me, we know this with children, right? They, are, they think they know. Boy, do they. Don't they? They think they know. They think they know a lot. They think they know, but we know more than them, right? And so we understand that as we can grasp that we as adults understand some things that kids don't, and as some of you who have been doing this thing in life a lot longer than I have understand things way better than I ever could, we understand that we serve a God and live in a kingdom following a God who understands everything. And we need to acknowledge that his ways are better than our ways. And so to be kingdom-minded, we have to submit to that. Because let me tell you, it took me a while to get the whole thing about money and checks. I may have had a checkbook when I was young, teenager. And I may have had it taken away from me. Because my mama's name was on the checking account, too. And after she had to pay several overdraft charges <laughs> from where my 16-year-old self did not understand, really, that just because I still had checks did not mean I still had money, <laughs> right? It took me a while. It took a while. That was when Grandma tried to teach me when I was four or five, and then Mom really taught me when I was about 17, when I had to surrender the checkbook. I could not have it or the debit card any longer because my dad had to pay a lot. Let me tell you something. We have a father in heaven who has paid a lot to cover our shortfalls. He has always there. When we have overextended ourselves, he is always there to make up the difference. But life becomes easier when we will just submit to him and his ways. And when we begin to submit to his ways and understand the way that his kingdom works, things get easier in our lives. So what is the kingdom of God? It is the ways of the Lord. And some of them we can get. Some of them may be harder. But we must give our hearts and our minds and everything within us to the plans of God. Where is the kingdom of God and when exactly is it getting here? Anybody seen Black Panther? Everybody trying to buy tickets to Wakanda. Where is Wakanda? <laughs> right? Where is the kingdom of God? Can I get a ticket to get there? Where is it? When is it coming? 
Let's look at Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17, verses 20 and 21. Once having been asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, the kingdom of God does not come with your careful observation. Nor will people say, here it is or there it is, because the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is within us. It's right within us. Anybody ever looked for your cell phone that was in your hand? Yeah, it's okay. I've had people looking for their cell phone, and I'm talking to them on it, and I have to remind them, um, I'm pretty sure you're talking to me on it. Okay. I've helped people find their keys that were in their hand, right? Yeah. We are looking so hard sometimes for things that are right within us. Oh, where is God? Where is God? Right here. (laughs) Where is God in the middle of this? Well, he put you in the middle of this, so he's right there with you. I don't understand where God is right now. Well, he's right in you, smack dab in the middle of whatever is happening. The kingdom of God is in you. You are a kingdom carrier. We carry the kingdom And it should be more contagious than the flu. We're a kingdom carrier. Salvation and love and light and fire, they live in me. And so they are contagious to those around me. People who don't want to hear about God should have to put earmuffs on if you are around. When the kingdom of God is in you, people who don't want it should not want to come near you, right? I'm telling you, when you hear somebody has the flu, you will baptize them in Lysol you will make them swish like hand sanitizer. You're like, no, do not come near me with the flu, right? And yet we're walking around with the kingdom of God and nobody knows we got it. It needs to be contagious inside us. We're spending so much time looking for God and we need to realize he's right in here. The Bible clearly says that the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. So why are we looking for it? It's in us. We've got to realize that we are saying, man, I just wish Jesus would come. He did. He already did. I've been ready for Jesus to come. Like, come now. Let's, let's go. Heaven's looking great, right? And when that happens, it will be glorious. But until then, we better not sit here waiting, twiddling our thumbs. We better realize that to be kingdom-minded means to realize that the kingdom of God lives inside of us, and we need to be connecting to other people. I love a big event. I love when we get to do big things and serve lots of people. And Even this moment, being able to preach, there's lots of people here. We get ready to hear the word of God. Those things are great. But let me tell you something. True healing takes place when one person realizes that what's in you will fit the hole that I have in me. And so, there may be people, and what we have to realize, wouldn't it be great if people were flooding these altars to get saved? It really would. You know what else would be great is if you could lead people to the Lord where we were. 
And then they come here to be a part of the fellowship of the new family that they found. Because let me tell you something. There are some people that are not going to come to a church until they meet Jesus first. They're just not. They've not had good experiences. They have an idea in their mind of what it's all about. They hear crazy things. And so they need to meet Jesus first. And what's missing in them lives in you because everything that we have need of is in Jesus and Jesus lives in us. Everything, every little bit of it. What we have connects with what they need. So how does the kingdom of God come to us? We know what it is. We know where it is. But how does it come? Ephesians chapter 1, verses 20 through 23. Talking about power. The power which he exerted in his mighty strength when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all authority and power and dominion and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the age to come. And God placed all things under his feet, talking about Jesus, and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Everything in every way. How does it come? It comes through the church. The answer is the church. And that seems so weird to say in the world that we're living in. But the answer comes through the church. Because we are the church. We are the church. So it comes through us. See, it lives in us. But when we understand that the fullness of God comes through his church, we can be so much more powerful when we are joined together. I have this conversation with people all the time. Because let me tell you something. I hate the term millennial or any of that kind of stuff. I, I, I know if you're a certain age, you don't like millennials. And then the millennials, you know, there's something against the baby boomers. Look, we all just trying to figure things out, okay? We, we all trying, all right? You got different things. We got different things. Everybody got different things. I'm like right in the middle trying to fi- I'm like, some days I'm a millennial because I like my iPhone. And then some days I'm not because I'm like, what are you people doing, Right? We're we're all in these different places of life. We all have different things going on. But we're all the church together. And it takes all of us together, right? How could I be a mom if I didn't have other moms to show me what to do and what not to do, (laughs) right? How could I do that? I don't know how people get through life without the body of Christ, And what I found is they don't. They just are limping through. And I know that there is never a day that I have to limp through anything. Because if my leg is broken, then I've got people who are going to come alongside me. And I'm going to keep moving forward at the same pace I'm supposed to. Because they're going to carry me until my leg is healed. How do we get through life without the body of Christ? We don't. And I have this conversation with so many people right now who say, well, I love Jesus. I just don't like the church. That is a contradiction. You can't say I love Jesus, but I don't like Jesus because Jesus is in the church. 
It's what he created. It's what he meant. And listen, for most intensive purposes, the church messes up a lot and things go wrong from time to time. And we're not always perfect because we're not. But this is what God created. He created the body of Christ together. And we have to realize that it's necessary. It's important to be together and carry each other and help each other. The kingdom of God, it lives inside of us. The dominion, the complete rule of the entire world, the king of kings and lord of lords has taken up residence and put a throne in my heart. And he lives in me. And like Captain Planet, for those of you who have a certain age, when our rings unite, we form Captain Planet. Some of you don't remember that. And some of you are like, oh, I remember that. Captain Planet, right? There was the kids, and they had, like, water, earth. It was, it was a recycling thing. Wind, fire, right? And when they would put their rings together, Captain Planet would emerge, right? And he would solve the big problem that they had been trying to solve on their own, but they could not until they reunited together. They were trying to teach us about recycling, and it was just the kingdom of God they were showing us. They had no clue. Children's pastors of the 80s loved it, right? Because you can try to save this part of the world, and I can try to save this part of the world, but if I'm busy over here, and you need what I have, and I have what you need, if we would just realize that if we connect together, we can not create some mythical character to come down, but unite the kingdom of God inside of us, and we can cover a whole lot more of the hurting people of the world if we're united together through the kingdom of God. We have to be united. We carry the kingdom in us. It's too great of a calling to carry on our own. It's too great. Now, the last part of that, Matthew chapter 4, Matthew chapter 6, Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. What are all the things? Well, in both this passage in Matthew, and in a similar passage that says the same thing in Luke, right before this, it goes into that, consider not what you may wear, or what you may eat or drink. Do I not take care of the lilies of the field and the birds of the air. And it lists out, you do not have to worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. So when it says, and all these things will be added to you, when you focus on God, God takes care of everything else. Because, let me tell you something, it's super easy for him to take care of everything else. It doesn't mean we neglect it. We don't turn in our passwords to our bills in an envelope on Sunday morning and say, God, JEA this week, take care of it. It's not all those things like that, but it is trusting. God, I know I'm seeking your kingdom. I'm following your plans. I'm following your purposes. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm working out my salvation with fear and trembling. I am trusting you to help me take care of everything else. And he will. And then sometimes it feels like he doesn't. (laughs) And then it's sticky. Right? 
Because sometimes we are seeking, and sometimes we are doing, and sometimes we're loving the Lord, and sometimes it feels like he doesn't. And then we have to remember that the only thing he ever really promised us was himself. He didn't promise us answers. He said he would be our provider. That doesn't always mean money. That doesn't always mean a spouse. It doesn't always mean the things we think it means. It means he provides us with himself. So sometimes there's not answers. But there's always him. There's always him. And that is not the prosperity message that people get excited about, right? That if we just give our tithe, that God's going to take care of all of our bills. He will. And then sometimes things don't work out because we live in a fallen world. And as Grant Pancratz has this great, great quote that came through my mind all the time, we are in a now but not yet kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is coming. It is constantly coming. And there are going to be times where things don't work out because the kingdom of God is here, but there are still times where we're going to need God more, and there are times we're not going to understand because, remember, his ways are higher than ours. His thoughts are higher than ours. And sometimes the provision that we need is him. And sometimes the answer that we need is just Jesus. And sometimes when all things are going wrong, he is just right. That's it. It's not fancy. It's not slick. It's not exciting. It doesn't, it doesn't take a check to the bank. It doesn't bring our lost loved one home. It doesn't do any of that. But it's still the kingdom of God. It is still that he is ruler and leader over this world. It is still enough. And if it's not enough, then the kingdom will slowly seep out of us. If we are expecting everything to go right all the time, the kingdom of God will begin to seep out of us. We have to understand, he is enough. He holds us in. He holds it together. He provides. He takes care of his children. And we just have to trust in the kingdom. A big statement that's hard. But it's the truth. He promised himself, I will never leave you nor forsake you. In Glare, we have um, some things that we point to that we say, this is who we are and this is how we live. Just simple things. We will live with love. We will live with hope. We will live with light. And we will live with fire. This is who we are. And this is how we live. It's just the kingdom of God. It's love it's hope, it's the light, and it's the fire and passion. It's just the kingdom of God, and it's in us, and we will live with it every day. Take a look back at our first scripture today, Matthew chapter 4. Chapter 4, verses 16 and 17. The people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. When Jesus came, his kingdom came, and it set up residence. 
His ways are higher than our ways. There was darkness, and now there is light. We are light carriers. We are kingdom carriers. This is who we are. And living in the kingdom is living with the confidence that we have the one thing that we need, and we will never run out of it. The one thing that we need, and we will never run out of it at all. That's the confidence that we have. And so sometimes we need a realignment. And the potholes in Jackson, Tennessee have been literal and yet I think have represented very clearly what a lot of us feel like we've been facing. Because we hit one, this thing happens, and it jolts us. And we're like, okay, okay, the wheel's attached. All right, I'm holding the wheel. I got it, right? And just when we think we're cruising, we've hit another one, and now we're jolted the other way. Next thing you know, we're riding on a spare. We're leaning a little bit to the right because one tire's littler than the other, and we're still trying to roll, and we're just making it through. And then next thing you know, our tires are wet, worn thin, and we try to avoid the next pothole only to hit it. And because the traction is low, we slide off the road. Am I the only one that has felt that way over the past couple of months or even years? Am I the only one in my life who's ever experienced a time in a season where it felt like the pathway of life was riddled with potholes and it felt like that every time I'm trying to rely on God but I'm getting knocked up to the left and I'm getting knocked to the right and things are not working out and things are going wrong and I feel like I'm trying to hold the train on the tracks all by myself. Meanwhile, Jesus says it's time to stop and come on in to get realigned and you need to come in and let me realign your heart and your mind and your spirit with the kingdom of God that lives inside of it. You're all out of whack. You're all out of whack. We are being pulled to the right and the left. And this is what this day is for. It's a core value of our church, but it has to be a core value of who we are. I am kingdom-minded. I live with the mind of Christ. I live with the kingdom of God inside of me. And whether you, like our baptisms reflected, whether you are 8 or 80, or anywhere in between or on either side, we are all driving down this road. And there are potholes after potholes after potholes. And sometimes we can avoid them. And sometimes the Lord spares us. And man, are we thankful. There are times when we have all made very poor decisions. And the grace and favor of God has spared us. And then there are times, whether of our own doing or just because of the world we live in, we have hit a hard moment in life, and it has knocked us out of line. And the Lord wants you to know today that his kingdom is sure, his promise is him, 
And the moment that he stepped foot on earth, that scripture in Matthew chapter 4, right before it, it said, and Jesus heard that John the Baptist was preaching about the coming Messiah. And so it said, and then the lands that are listed are lands that were in valleys. And it says, and the lands that were in darkness saw a great light and that there was places of darkness and people who were in the shadow of death and a light came and it said, and then Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. From the moment that he stepped out of the covering of growing from his years of coming up, the moment he stepped out of the shadows and began to put his feet on this earth and began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. From that moment forward, people began to be healed. Demons began to flee. Things began to happen. People were fed who were hungry. And the kingdom of heaven came down and set up residence here on earth. And the moment that he returned to heaven, he sent his Holy Spirit out into us so that the kingdom of heaven was portioned out to each and every one of us so that we each had a part and yet a whole at the same time. And the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is inside of us. From the moment he left, he gave it to us. And now we must realize and acknowledge no matter what you may throw at me, I serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I am a part of his kingdom, and I will remind myself daily who my king is. And when I hit that pothole, and when I bounce, and when my life is thrown out of whack, because it will happen probably tomorrow, just saying, for me at least, when you preach it seems to happen that way, <laughs> when we hit it, we have to let the Holy Spirit come in. We have to let God come in and realign our hearts and our minds and our spirits. Do not allow the enemy to rob you of the power of the kingdom of God. Do not let him rob you of the fellowship of the believers. Do not let him rob you of what the kingdom is, where it lives, and how it shows up, because that is where we stay in line for everything else that comes our way.